Hi, I'm Reverend Carol Saunders, host of The Spiritual Forum. I'm here with a lot of interesting people who are consciously walking the spiritual path, experiencing and expressing the divine in unique ways and through unique lenses. Everyone here has wisdom to share and an interesting story to tell, all to inspire you on your spiritual path. Welcome to The Forum. Welcome to the Spiritual Forum, everyone. So glad you're here. I've got a great guest today, and I know you're going to love her. Um, but before I start with her, um, I thought I'd just do a shout out for people out there. If you've got an interesting spiritual story to tell, if you've got an interesting experience of God, the divine, the source, if you have an uh, interesting healing experience or a beyond reality experience or whatever it is, I'd love to hear from you. And you can email me at revcarolsaunders at gmail.com. I also have a Whole Planet Spirituality Retreat coming up and registration is open for just two more weeks. So check that out at thespiritualforum.org slash retreat. I think you know everything else and I appreciate you being here. So let me introduce Dr. Jess Bell. Dr. Jess Bell is an osteopathic physician with over 20 years of hands-on treatment, initially specializing in neuromus <laughs> I knew I'd mess this up. I'm going to try it again. Neuromusculoskeletal medicine and it. physical medicine and rehabilitation. I practiced that and I knew I was going to mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> After becoming aware of a much greater source of healing than she had learned through her more traditional medical training and education, she founded energetic osteopathy, which bridges traditional osteopathic treatment and energy medicine. Dr. Jess is able to see into the body with great clarity, allowing for the transformational release of even the most difficult to locate energetic densities out of the physical body and returning the body to health and wholeness. She's committed to empowering people to heal themselves by teaching them about their bodies and how to work within them energetically. Welcome, Dr. Jess. Oh, thank you. Now, should I call you Reverend Carol or Carol? Well, you know, you can call me Carol and I'll call you Jess. I love it. Okay. Well, thank you, Carol, for having me on your show. I'm so excited for this conversation. Yeah, I am too. We had a we had a pre-conversation and uh, anyway, we we really hit it off. So, we could probably talk for a few hours, but we'll try to keep this for around an hour. Um, yeah, we'll just cut the titles. Jess and Carol today. Uh, so, I think it'd be really, as I usually start my podcast, I, I'd like for you to share your spiritual journey or whatever you want to tell us about how you got to where you are um, in, in a reasonable amount of time so we can get to what you're actually doing today. Yeah, thank you. I love I love hearing what comes through because as when as soon as I open my mouth, I feel that there are just words that start to flow. And, um, and as soon as you asked the question, I heard go to the sh the bridge between osteopathy and energy. That's really what people want to hear. So um, the first part of my life was all about uh, medical training. I, I was a kid when I started talking about wanting to become a doctor. I was four. Um, my dad had just died. I was crushed by a car. And I just kind of knew that same age, that same, that all this happened in one year when I was four, that I was going to be a doctor. So my whole life was um, a compilation of extreme passion, drive, motivation, and deep emotional and physical wounding, all kind of wrapped together in a package. And I was highly functioning, perfectionistic, you know, I mean, I was just on a path and I, I went for it. Um, and so I love um, anything that has to do with the physical body. I was an athlete growing up. And with these injuries that I sustained when I was run over by a car at the age of four, um, 
self-healing became a necessity for me because doctors didn't know how to help me. And yet at the same time, I was a competitive lacrosse player. I was always really um, muscular and agile. And I just started to find my own way to feel good in the body when doctors said, you know, don't ever play soccer again and things like that. You know, I was steered down dead ends in the medical community and I was guided to find my own solutions. And I did. So um, medical school was, it was a clear choice that I would go into an osteopathic medical school, which is the same thing as an allopathic medical school. So an MD goes to an allopathic medical school and a DO, or I should say graduates. We graduate as a DO from an osteopathic medical school. And the biggest difference there is that an osteopathic um, medical school teaches a hands-on treatment modality, many of them actually. So the osteopathic philosophy is the body has self-healing capacities. And I loved that. The body is self-healing, self-regenerating, and self-correcting. And so I just, because of my own life up until that point, as soon as I learned about you know the osteopathic physician and the philosophies behind it that, you know, nature heals us, that we are a part of nature, that there is this divine intelligence that we come, that we are, right, that we come from. And when we align in such a way to open up that connection again, our body actually heals. So that's what I got from osteopathic medical school. But when I went into training and I went into a field called physiatry, which is pain management, I wasn't seeing it. I was seeing opiate management. I was seeing injections. I was seeing surgery. I was seeing intervention. And I had to go down that path a little bit actually to see how dysfunctional it was. And it, it was one of the darkest times of my life, actually, getting out of medical training and going into practice. Um, and so I, I kept, you know, kind of getting steered along the way here. So, you know, at first I knew I wanted to do something with the physical body. I thought that was surgery, orthopedic surgery, went into one surgical rotation and saw what an OR environment was like and how um, unkind it is actually. Mm -hmm. And how, you know, my whole body just rejected that particular environment. So I went into physiatry thinking that that would be a non-surgical musculoskeletal, you know, way to get people help in their physical bodies. And I realized that's not it either. That's just an intervention, non-surgical, but still intervention approach. So then I went into osteopathy. I actually redirected course and decided that um, the body has these, I knew I've, I, the spiritual experience I'll share with you. There were many. Um, and I think it's important to just share this with people because it's a big part of my story. I, I wasn't going to, but I just, I just got called to. So um, I, I lost my father to addiction and um, he was, you know, 36 years old when he died. Um, and I had so much wounding inside of me from my childhood that, uh, you know, as much as I knew I wasn't here to, um, to take that same path, I did. So I ended up getting addicted to medicines actually when I was in medical training. Um, and when I got out of medical training, I found that I was bottoming out. And it was, it was because I was, I was, I was face to face with the suffering of my patients and I was suffering. So it was like my suffering was matching their suffering and we were just suffering together. And I have always been guided to my dad, always with my dad. I've always known that there was more than just this physical plane. And um, as a child who loses a father at the age of four, for me, death wasn't something I understood except that they just transform, right? That it was like, he was on the planet and then he wasn't. 
And when he wasn't on the planet, I could feel him. And I didn't know, mm-hmm. how, I didn't know how. And I've always felt this guidance, you know, just from, it was almost like he left the earth and all of a sudden I wanted to be a doctor and here we were, and we were doing it together. And it was just this, like, there were so many forces that were um, unexplainable that I was following. And so when I went down the same path of addiction that he had, I also knew that's not the path I'm supposed to go down yet. I need to, I need to know what this is. Mm. And so at the age of 33, I actually bottomed out and I was, I just stepped into medical practice as a pain management specialist, right? So all of a sudden I'm in this environment that was actually the source of a lot of the things that were making me so sick. And I was the one prescribing them to my patients. I mean, it was the perfect storm. So I waved the white flag when I was 33 years old and I turned myself into um, a licensure board actually. And I said, I need help. And that was the journey that I, I started. So that was really the big spiritual awakening that I had when I realized I was sick and I was dying, just like my dad, but I was here to do something different. And so again, I wasn't going to share any of this, but I just, I I opened my mouth and this comes out. So this (laughs) is where we are, right? Yeah. So I'll fast forward a little bit because what happened after that was nothing short of miraculous. Um, It was almost like I had to go through the darkness. I had to, that was the known path. I knew, I know where addiction goes. We all know where addiction goes, right? We know where this, the suffering of the human condition, it just, it's a downward spiral for so many of us. And I am a guided, I'm a light worker. I'm a, I'm here to do something different, to pave a new path. And so I, I now know going, looking back on all of that, that I had to actually dip my toes into the known path, you know, the path of my ancestry, the path of so many people on the planet right now. You know, there's so much suffering. There's so much addiction. There's so much sadness. There's so much um, desperation out there. And so you know, as a, as a now licensed doctor who is just in it with the world suffering with them, right? I'm no different than anything out there. I am the exact same. And I have it in me to not only walk through the experience hand in hand, but then all of a sudden at the age of 33, when I finally like picked my head up and realized that's not the way. And that was the year that I started chartering a new path. So I went away and I had about nine months of treatment I came back and I saw my hands almost instantly. As soon as I turned myself into licensure board of medicine and I went to treatment, I saw my, I looked down at my hands and I could see them as not just, you know, matter, but I saw the energy coming through them. I literally mm-hmm. was like, oh, I have to go on a different path now. So as soon as I got back home from being away, I went back into medical training. I became a board certified osteopath. I was already an osteopath, but I, I, that was the, you have to get in medicine, you have to get board certified to do the things that you want to do. So I had to get another training program under my belt. Basically, that led me to open my own practice. And I put my hands on people um, every single day, day in, day out. And I was learning, I was being mentored by a man who um, is just one of the most incredible beings that I've ever had the privilege to know. And his name was Jim Jealous. And he passed in 2021, but he was an osteopath who taught a modality that is um, the closest to feeling energy that I've ever I've ever had until I started actually feeling energy. So he was my bridge from you know more of a a cracking you know manipulation kind of osteopathy, which is what they teach in medical school. To you know, put your hands on the patient, synchronize with the health of the patient, start to feel the rhythm inside the patient. We call it the tide or the breath of life. And so for over a decade, I got to learn from him and be mentored by him, and I. Um, evolved dramatically as, as a healer 
during those years. And I was getting, um, you know, one spiritual experience and awakening after another. My life was just, it's never been an easy life. It's been very complex and it's been unbelievable. So, um, because the guidance has just been so present, you know, it's, I've just been so gifted because I know without any doubt how connected we are. And I've always been, I've just always had this guidance, even during the darkest parts of my life. When I, when I couldn't see it, I knew it was there. So the big shift happened. Um, I went through one transformation after another, got divorced. Um, I moved my practice after eight years from a commercial space into my house. And that happened in 2020. So in 2020, I relocated my whole commercial practice into my house. And then we went into a pandemic and the practice was right in the middle of my house. So I was, because I have a young, young child, um, I was basically, it was not recommended that I have patients come into my house. So I, I, even though, you know, I was not afraid, I've never been afraid of of COVID or, or really, I mean, I, I have a much greater um, perspective of what's going on on the planet right now. And so that wasn't really the thing, but it was clear that I was being asked to do something different. So I started working with this incredible intuitive. She lives in Amsterdam, but she's from America. And she saw me very, like the very first time we had a session, she looked through the screen and she said, you're an energy healer. Did you know that? <laughs> and, you know, I, I didn't, but I did. You know, it was like, it's like what we, you know, she brought it to the surface, but it had always been in me. Right. And as soon as she said that my, you know, I have chills right now sharing the story with you, every single hair on my body stood up and I felt my whole team come in and they were like, there it is. That's the truth, right? That's it right there. You got it, kid. You found your way to the right person who said the right thing. (laughs) And so, I mean, that was it. That was the big aha. You've, I've, I had been training my, my up until then. I had been getting lighter and lighter and lighter in my touch. And in my practice, you know, I put my hands on skin, but oftentimes I'd, I'd look down, I'd be so in the treatment with the with the patient that I happened to be working on that or with, I should say, working with that my hands wouldn't be on their skin and I didn't know it. So all of a sudden, you know, touch was becoming very optional. And in fact, there were meant, there were moments in my practice where I would get into the, one particular um, experience I had with a woman who had recently broken her arm and her, her shoulder froze because the fracture wasn't actually, it wasn't, um, it was a non-union fracture. So it was not placed properly. So her whole shoulder got frozen as a result of that. And I saw it. I literally could, I saw the fracture, which is something that I started being able to do years ago. I see into the body. So I was seeing this fracture and I looked at her and I said, your arm isn't fixed properly. It's, it's not connected. And so she's like, well, what do we do about that? And I said, well, let me just see if I can, you know, let's see what we can do here. And so as I, as I like connected in and I brought in all of our team, I brought in her guides and I brought in mine and I just like created some spaciousness around the experience. So her body could do what it needed to do. And, and the pain intensified as I was treating her as if her arm was rebreaking. And so I took my hands like lighter. I got lighter and lighter and lighter and lighter to the point where my hands were about like a whole foot away from her body. And I could see more clearly into the fracture when my hands were not touching her body and her pain intensified as I was starting to get further away from actually physically touching her body. Now, an osteopath is a hands-on practitioner. So my mind was just like, this isn't the, what am I doing, right? I'm an osteopath. I'm a, I'm a hands-on healer. And meanwhile, I was being guided to take my hands off. And, and this was a real turning point for me. And this was like right before the pandemic. So 
she started going into Lamaze breathing. I mean, and she was a good friend of mine. So, I, you know, so we were like, you know, we were, we were in it together and I was like, what do I do? You know? And she said, just keep going. I mean, it was like childbirth. <laughs> So <laughs> literally, I mean, literally, so I was like, coaching her. I know like just breathe. And she's like crying. She's like, I might throw up. And I'm like, okay, what do I do? I mean, it was one of those, like, I was just like, I didn't even know what to do. I was, it was a total surrender moment. And she's like, you can't stop. Just keep going, going. And I could see it. I was like getting closer and closer and closer into the kernel. This, like, there was like the eye of the storm in the middle of the fracture. And so I went in, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go in. I'm going to go in. I'm going to go in. I'm going to breathe into the love that's right in there. I know it's there. It's always there. Found the love that sits in the middle of any density in our bodies. That's the magic, okay? That's the magic of, of our bodies. These are, we're energy, right? We're made of energy. Our bodies are made of energy. And I was starting to figure this out. I wasn't figuring it out. I was starting to see the truth beyond my medical training. And so finally, I, I connected into the middle of the fracture and the whole thing just went. Wow. And, just, and her pain went away. I mean, it was, it, it I can't, you know, you can't make this stuff up. And the next day her arm was moving. I mean, it's still, there was still some rehab. I don't want to like, you know, paint the picture that it was like, you know, a spontaneous remission. There was still work to be done, but her arm had unfrozen. And it was almost like, you know, she was, she had, she was on a course that her, that was not going to allow herself to really heal because her body wasn't in alignment. And so the treatment was able to bring her into alignment, but it was the hands off that really got my attention. So I told you, I was going to try to keep this short. So in 2020, when I got the information, you're an energy healer, I had already had that experience and I look and I, and then it, it all made sense. And actually everything that I had been seeing throughout the years of practicing medicine osteopathically with patients, it started to make sense the second that she said that to me. And it was like, it's all energy. It's always been energy. I've been taught to work inside the tissues of the body, but I'm like, but wait a minute, if the body's made of energy, then how does that energy get in? And what, so I, all of a sudden this huge inversion started to happen. And I started to see that the pain that I was seeing from treating people from the surface level actually was coming from a much deeper source. And I was told to start treating people without putting my hands on them because I'd see more clearly mm. and I'd be able to help them more powerfully. And so I just, and I was told to do it. This intuitive person told me to do it. And I didn't know what I was doing. But I just, I was, I just knew I had to try. And so the husband of the woman that I treated that her broken arm um, was a dear friend of mine, spiritual, very spiritually um, connected friend. Um, he's a sun dancer and a seer. And um, there's, there's so much more to this story that I'm, I, we obviously don't have time to share, but, but, um, but he was my first, you know, quote unquote, energetic osteopathic patient. I treated him over Zoom. And I treated him, he was a patient of mine. So he knew exactly what a, a quote unquote treatment in my office felt like. And after the treatment, I could feel everything. I mean, the treatment took off. I, I didn't even know how to do it. My brain didn't know, but my hands did, my heart did, my body did. And my team was right there with me the whole time. So I'm like crying my way through this because I couldn't even believe what was happening. So was my friend patient. And I asked him, what was that like for you? And he's like, that was the most amazing treatment you've ever given me. I mean, it was so incredible. <clears throat> so that shifted me from the hands-on osteopathic approach to, I have to explore this. This is amazing. And I started calling it energetic osteopathy because it still is very in the body in the same way that the osteopathic treatments that I was trained to offer. It's still, I still see the same kind of detail, but do I now do it from a distance so that I'm not zoomed in so close that I can't see as clearly. So that's the magic of this work. And 
everyone can do this in their own bodies, which is amazing. Now, not everybody is trained to, to practice medicine. And so I have lots of different, of different ways that I help people to do this inside themselves. I, I will, you know, give them a healing session. I'll show them where I see things in their body and then I'll have them do the recording of the session and go back in because it's our, we as sovereign beings, the, the power of our intention and our breath actually moves energy inside of our body. So all this started to kind of just come through the curriculum, the teaching curriculum and the way to work with people now, not just one at a time, but in also in groups and now in teaching programs. And um, it's been just this kind of evolution of, you know, how did I get to be where I am right now? I've just been following. I mean, I'm just following. That's pretty so, obvious. I love that. I mean, it's I love fun. That. It's really yeah. fun. And I'm yeah. just, I just want to shut this last part. Um, so Jim, Jim Jealous, the man who I, um, who I was mentored by, I called him up right before he died. I didn't know he was about to die. Um, but I called him up and I just said, Jim, I need to know if this is okay. Cause I was always taught an osteopathic treatment is a hands-on treatment. And there's, you know, most, I would say 99% of the osteopath on the planet still believe that's true. Um, some don't though. Some know, because actually the original osteopaths were not necessarily hands-on because it's all energy. We're all connected to that. And so it's it's interesting how we're like we're like hitting up against, you know, a bureaucracy of of an indoctrination of the way that things have to be when we now know nothing is what it seems, right? Nothing. It's all the opposite. Right. Right. So um, so I'm I'm aware of this now. And and <laughs> so Jim, Jim listened very carefully because I told him what I was doing. And, um, and he said, he said to me, Jess, this is exactly right. And I said, Jim, is anybody doing this? And he said, not like you are Jess. And he said, you come directly from source. You bring, you bring energy directly from source. And I was like, that's what it feels like. And he said, you have to do this. This is the future of medicine. You have to teach this. And then it was only a couple months later that he died. So now I'm on a path to train other people to do this, not just not just people who are in pain, but other physicians as well, other osteopaths as well. And I've actually launched my first course, which um, starts on October 20th for osteopaths to teach them this stuff. So anyway, that's the whole path. Um, You know, I really hope that someday that this is just something that everybody knows how to do because we're, we're wired that way. You know, we're actually born this way. Right. Right. It's just that we, we, we get programmed to think and I, I I love what has been happening with you because, you know, we're going to go into this. I hope um, we're programmed to think that when we have symptoms in the body, that there's nothing that we can that we can do about it and that we have to go and then, you know, have someone tell us what's wrong with us and and offer some kind of an intervention from outside the body when, in fact, it's the exact opposite. So the doctor is helpful in helping you to unpack what it is that's going on. And that's what I do with people all the time, every day. But now we get to team up and I get to kind of, you know, A, explain it in a slightly different way energetically, and then show you how to do the work within your own body, because you're actually the one who is designed more than anyone. I mean, I help people all the time to catalyze healing, but the actual root, like the real root of that, which is being withheld in your body that is asking to be transmuted and moved, it's yours to move no one else's. So Right, right. And that's I think that's how you started off. You started saying that the body has self-healing capacities. Yes. We know that. So I want to just kind of um, capture a few of the things that you said that I want to highlight because there was a lot in there. Um, the body has self-healing capacities. And, you know, I, I think about the divine energy under all of creation, you know, what, whatever that is. Some people call it God. Some people call it source. Whatever it is. 
it, it's a beautiful design. I mean, it's it's not even conceivable in my mind that God, the divine that is under all of creation, that created all that is, whether it's energy, consciousness, whatever it is, would design it so that bodies break and we need to put chemicals in them <laughs> in order to fix them. It makes no sense at all. And it makes sense that we, we we have injuries, you know, we have injuries and there's there has to be a way for us to heal them ourselves. That makes perfect sense. I think this is just kind of getting back to the garden, getting back to the simplicity, the the the, the normalcy. And like you said, everything is nothing is as it seems. Everything's upside down. I think everything is upside down. I think that's what this time is showing us. But there are a couple of things that I wanted to highlight. Um, first of all, um, you said when you got into the surgery, you said it was dysfunctional and unkind. And I'm just wondering, did anybody else notice that? Is that just you? Did anybody else, any of your peers, notice that traditional medicine surgery and um, was oh, yeah. unkind and dysfunctional? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I had the benefit, thankfully, um, at the time, um, my partner was a medical student as well is I should say, well, was, um, ended up going into psychiatry. So, um, she went into, she was one year ahead of me in medical school. And so she went into the surgical rotations, like, you know, she was kind of going through the whole process of medical training ahead of me. And so, I mean, I remember, you know, just like, holding her and you know that night the night after these rotations because she would just cry yeah and you know and and i mean i i think that it's really an interesting thing that happens to so many doctors because i've personally feel that doctors many of them any anyway are energetic sensitives empaths healers yeah and then we go into medical school and we have to almost um you know we have to completely dissociate from our humanity in order to get into these environments that are so abusive and that's it's exactly very, it's what. it's so common the, the corporate environment the medical environment exactly. it's like it's like we're being put in the chute it's almost like we're being you know sent to slaughter and i i yeah. i use that i use that um, metaphor, not lightly, because I, you know that's a horrible, horrible thing that happens to animals. And I think that we are also treated as animals in this I world. That we have to get into this system in order to live, and and ultimately not live a fulfilling life because we're not really honoring who we are, who we <laughs> are as our own pur purpose, but also who we are as humanity was meant to be. Yeah, um, there are a couple of things I wanted to highlight. Well, One well is, said, Carol. I really love that you just brought that to light because, because I, I just and before you go on, I just want to say that's why I'm so passionate about helping. You know, at at the level of the of the medical professional, um, you know, we are all here to heal and we are all here to receive. You know, to remember, I should say, our sovereignty to become sovereign again. Because we are sovereign beings, meaning we all have the, the power inside of us to restore our systems back to love. That's what we're made of. We forget because we've been indoctrinated into these barbaric systems and programs right, and turned right. upside down on our heads and literally lined up to slaughter. I mean, that is exactly what's going on. And so, you know, it's just so easy for me to see that within the system that I walked into, which is why I resorted to drugs and alcohol, by the way, when I was in training, because I can see that. I, I had to numb up myself and literally I, that I'm so sensitive. I'm so guided. I'm so connected that just to get through it all, literally, I needed to drink a glass of wine at night. I mean, it was like insane, you know, I that was the that. Only, meanwhile, and I just want to say this for anyone who's listening. I mean, I got straight A's in medical school. I mean, I, I was such a high function, high performance person that I was never, um, I never put myself in a position where I was like harming somebody, you know, it was more just, I was dampening down my own self. It was self-medication. 
it was numbing myself so that I wouldn't feel the pain of this completely inhumane experience that I was in the middle of for a very long period of time. And this almost to the day that I got out of medical training, I got sober, you know? So it's just a, it was almost just like, this is what's, you know, and, and so no wonder we're, we're all walking around, not we are, but you know, so many people are walking around completely battered and broken. Completely. Yeah. The, the systems that we're forced into. And I, I mean, I, I worked 20 years in the corporate world and I, I have, I've shared that before, but when I, in, in my, in my end, the end times of that for me, I remember there was a time, there was a time where I was walked into this headquarters building, big energy company in Houston. I walked in and I looked at the security guy and I said, this place reeks of oppression. <laughs> and he, he looked at me like, what are you saying? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> no one's ever said that. But no one's ever I just said felt that. that. It was like, it felt like it's a heavy, heavy energy. It's like, we all have to get in the elevator now. And I was a person that would just kind of like talk in the elevator and try to be friendly. And everyone was like, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and they're, they're dark really suits. Did. And I had my pink suit and my red suit. <laughs> I love that. Oh. I mean, I so didn't fit, but, but, um, but it, it is a system where you're, you're constantly giving, and I'm just talking about corporate world. I, I would imagine that the medical world is the same thing. I remember even listening to my own my own doctor who I saw during COVID, and I just I just I just saw her, and I just I felt sad. I felt like she was just kind of spitting out what she had to spit out. Like she had been to the meeting, and this is what we have to tell our patients. This is this is today's narrative. We, this this is what's working. This is what's not working, exactly and no right. nothing else. And I, robots. Yeah, it, it felt that way. It they felt that way. They are robots right now. There is, I mean, we know that there's a trance out there as well. You know, there's there's such, you know, there's 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 mass formation psychosis. I mean, there's yeah. such a huge trance-like state that has descended upon humanity for many reasons. Probably, I mean, I know we can talk about pretty yeah. much anything on your show, which I love. Um, and, and, you know, that the poor medical community that has been programmed to believe that they have to give all these all these shots and all these medications and all, I mean, it's, it's an algorithm and you have to check the box literally by law. And if you don't check the box and by the way, doctors get money for prescribing. Right. All right. And that's the thing that patients don't, I'm going to take all these words away. We're just men and women. We're just people going to see each other. And we, even the patient doctor that, that gives a doctor this powerful, you know, the white coat thing. What have you say? What should I do? We give up our power to these people. And and even by taking on the term patient, which I just said, yes. you know, yeah. I'm the oh. patient and you're the doctor. And, you know, why aren't we just like, you know, Carol and Jess and, you know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the only reason that I still have a medical license, thank God, is because I, because we're still in a system that does have that um, power differential. You know, I, it's funny because something that I've always loved about the osteopath who does osteopathy, who actually has like a hands-on practice, very few osteopaths that I know go by doctor. Okay. They go by their first name. Okay. And, and you know, and I, I've never been called Dr. Bell. I mean, I have, you know, a few, you know, a few patients along the way just had to, they either had military training or they were maybe, you know, yeah. there was a certain, there was a certain type of person that really did feel the need to call me by, by doctor. Um, that never felt right to me ever, you know? And, and so I just love that you're bringing that in Carol, because I agree with you. I repeatedly over the past two and a half years, since I've been working the way that I work now, which is all over zoom, I, um, 
I love working over Zoom because when I when I touch a patient, it gives the illusion that I'm doing something that is really magical. And they have to, they become dependent. There's this codependent relationship that gets fostered in a medical community and really out in the world as well, everywhere we look. And where I started to see the, the gaps and the holes in my own practice, um, this started happening years ago. And it was, you know, the patient would come in. I would put my hands on them, synchronize with them, meaning that would start the treatment experience, the osteopathic treatment. And my hands would get guided and the body, their body would tell me where the problems in the body were, the dysfunctions or the dis-ease. And I would just, you know, together we'd go through this dance and it wasn't me. And I always explain that to the patient. You know, I said, together we're synchronizing to source. We're connecting in to, you know, I called it the tide back then because I was not really connected to the language of energy like I am now. And I had a language that I was taught by Jim Jealous. He, you know, he he was the one that created biodynamics. And so he talks about, so there's a real language here. And even he said, language is limiting. But anyway, mm-hmm. the point is that the patient would come in, something would happen. They wouldn't understand it. I had a little bit of an understanding. I don't think that we can really understand divine intelligence, you know, and we can understand it as much as we possibly can, but there's a limit there because we're still human. And so I just knew that something magical was unfolding. I could feel it. I could sense it. The patient could feel it. They could sense it. They'd get up off the table. They felt better. And we were both like, wow, well, that was amazing. Um, And then they'd go out into their world. And, you know, most of the time they'd feel better for maybe a couple of weeks. And then the the effect would start to wear off. And so then they'd come back thinking, I did something, right? I did it. Right. And so I would assure them again, we'd go through the whole thing all over again. And they're like, well, I don't care what it is. Do the thing that you did the last time that I was here, because that was amazing. And that felt great. And for like a week or two, I had no pain. And so I started to really see the breaking down because I realized, oh, they're dependent on me. They think I'm doing the thing. And so that's where I realized, oh, this needs to be taught to the, well, we'll just use the word patient, <laughs> to the person, right? To the right. person, to the human. Because I'm not doing this. So if I'm not doing this, who is? Our creator, right? Right, right. That which we're created by. And so one of the most magical experiences that I had, and I, I can I just share this piece with, sure. with you? Okay, really quick. Um, about two or three months after I started working energetically, the cool thing about that was I started to feel the, the treatment experience without the interference of touching skin with my hands. So it was just pure straight up. It was like undistilled energy. And I, um, I, you know, I, this is, this is how I teach. I teach people what this feels like, what does energy feel like? And how do you start to work with it in the body? Um, and so about, so I, you know, my, osteopathic skills translated pretty seamlessly into feeling energy because it felt similar enough that I identified that, oh, wow, this is actually what I'm feeling when I'm touching a person. But now this is what this feels like when I'm not touching a person. So I could see that it was the same therapeutic healing forces, divine intelligence. Okay. So a couple months after starting doing this, and I'm just, I felt like the teaching curriculum was just coming through me and I was just writing it all out. And I went out for a run one day, like two months later, and my my heart, I was so happy. It was this beautiful day. I felt so buoyant that day. I'm not a runner. <laughs> I do run, but I'm not a runner. Um, and I that day, I just felt really good. I felt like my body was like, you know, connected to itself. And I felt light and, you know, so I'm running along and my hands started to push just like I, if it just like um, if I had been treating somebody, my hands kind of started to get repelled away from my body magnetically. That's what I, I feel magnets the magnetism of the energetic field. And my hands started to move like I was treating someone. 
except I wasn't treating anybody. And my hands were running right. I was running with my hands, like right in front of my heart. And I was like feeling the edges of my own electromagnetic field coming from my heart center. And I was like, oh my gosh, no way. Really? (laughs) Am I actually feeling myself right now? And I was, and you know, and so I played with it and I started running. I ran for a while and I would like speed up and I'd lose the feeling. And then I'd slow down and I'd kind of get back to the feeling again. And at the end of the run, I was like, wait a minute, if I can feel my own energetic field, can I actually treat my own body? And so that was, that was the the beginning of the self-treatment protocol, which I now teach. Okay. Okay. So I then started treating myself every day. I, I learned how to do that. And the 40 years of back pain that started when I was run over by a car at the age of four went away. Oh, wow. Just went away. I'd been treated my whole life. That, you know, part of my journey is that I've been, I was so traumatized. I've had such emotional wounding and such physical wounding that I've always been a seeker. I've always received services from other people. So I'm going to bring the conversation back to that. I have always been to the chiropractor and the osteopath and the acupuncturist and the therapist and the, you know, massage. I mean, you name it, I was there. And COVID started and I didn't have the access to these services anymore. So I stopped everything except for my own self-treatment. And okay. that was the time in my life when my pain actually went away. Interesting. And then, and then I started to, uh, I fell in love with a woman who's a, um, an emotional healer. So that was the next layer of all of this. Okay. I started to employ both emotional energetic healing and physical energetic healing. And here we are. So that's when I started to really connect the dots. Like, oh my gosh, wait a minute. I'm not here to have people become dependent on me as some kind of a guru or even a doctor. And what a gift that I do have some medical training because there's a lot of like, you know, wonky people out there who are calling themselves energy healers. And right. I'm saying that because there are so many amazing energetic healers out there, but the masses don't believe that there is, um, you know, credibility there. There's a, there's, we're still in a world where a degree means a lot. It does help. I, I do, I do get that. Um, but before we go on, what, what came to me when you were talking was, and I relayed this story this morning in a prayer call with a friend, uh, was that the, in, in the Bible, the man at the well, who, not the well, excuse me, he's the man at the pool, the, Beth, the pool of Bethesda. I don't know if you know the story, but there's a guy who's sitting there waiting to be healed, and he couldn't get into the healing waters. And he had been there for like 40 years, and he was, uh, he was paralyzed or something. I don't know what his, I don't remember that, but he couldn't get in. And Jesus comes upon him. And he's like, what are you doing here? Well, you know, I've been here for 40 years. I can't get into the pool. Victim, victim, victim. I can't get there. Everyone gets there yeah. before me. I can't do yeah. it. And then what Jesus does, and this is, what, <laughs> this is really a cornerstone of my own ministry. He says to him, do you want to be healed? which is like, duh, because so many people don't want to be healed. It's they true. just want stuff fixed. They want stuff to kind of get better. Give me my medicine. Give me my something to anesthetize me, make me feel better, but I don't really want to be healed. So he asks, yeah. do you want to be healed? And the guy says, yes. And so Jesus responds and he goes, so he doesn't, he doesn't heal him. He says, pick up your mat and walk. Oh. <laughs> he gave him, I mean, he's like, you have the power to do this. Exactly. Do it. Exactly. You know? And there's something in the energy of that moment where, you know, the guy, at least as, as the story goes, you know, gets up and, and walks and he's, he's healed. He essentially heals himself. He has to want to be healed. It's he heals himself. And Jesus is just there to tell him, kind of like your person who says you are an energy healer. She gave you what you already knew. 
you know, you already knew that. And so because you already knew it, it was just this kind of catalyzing moment for you that was like, yes, and everything kind of aligned because that's my truth. And, you know, this man's truth was that he was healed, you know, but he had to get that himself. And that just is kind of what all of what you're talking about reminds me of. You, you don't have to keep going back. I mean, like Jesus wasn't about keep coming back to me. <laughs> it's right. like, you can heal yourself. You can well, heal yourself. And what I love about that story, thank you for sharing that. Like it, I, again, my body's like, it's just so tingly. Um, Jesus embodied pure love. Yes. And so here's the thing that I work with all the time. The mind, you know, the energy that comes from the brain and the energy that comes from the heart. So the energy that comes from the brain is so insignificant when in, in comparison to how much energy comes out of our heart. So the electromagnetic, this is just to bring it into terms of quantification. So the electromagnetic energy field of the heart is 5,000 times more powerful than the brain. So our brain is what creates these beliefs that I am broken that I can't do this, that I have to go to the doctor. And so what I love about, I just saw Jesus and this man. So, so Jesus is basically, he's just, he's just a big, huge heart, right? That's right. He's embodies pure love. And so Jesus is just walking around. So he became, this is what I just saw. He became the heart field of that man. So, so as soon as he talked to the brain, as soon as Jesus basically was talking to the limitations of this guy, he said, believe that you can be healed. But the thing is, it's an embodied experience, right? Because because I think that that's tricky for a lot of people. What you just said that you know who wouldn't want to just believe that they can that they can be healed that they can get up and they can walk. And so what what I what I've learned through this process that I've walked through and that I'm you know thankfully um, you know helping others walk through is that this is actually about not the belief of the brain, but the feeling of the body. When we go into the body and we learn how to be that walking mm -hmm. heart that Jesus really is, right? Then uh, it just, whatever we, you know, when we start to resonate at the frequency of love, and then we bring the thought through from that place, we become it. Right? Absolutely. Become yes. Thing. That's where the power of the mind, that's, that's the intention. But first, and I think this is a really important point for a lot of people, because, you know, it's, it's like, we all want the bypass. We all want to get around oh, it, right? We do. all want to be like, oh, I can do that. Like what is spontaneous remission, right? It's, and, and I love, I don't know if you know the story of Anita Morjani. She's just so, oh, yes, I do. Yeah. You know, right. And yeah. so what did she do? She left her body. She saw that she was made of pure love and that she was really the one who was, you know, creating her own limitations, her own lack, her own suffering. And so she had to leave her body in order to actually feel the truth. Right. And then she could bring her belief system up to par. So that spontaneous permission happens from love. Love is the ultimate solvent. And so that's where the work is. And that's why there are all of us out here right now, you know, at this particular time on the planet, oh my God, um, who are saying exactly the same thing in whatever lens we're, we're sharing it from. Like, I'm no different than another healer down the street. Right. Except, I mean, I come from love. I feel love. I'm still a human. I still have my foibles, lots of them. And <laughs> I feel energy, you know, I feel it. It's, it's cool. So I get to kind of like unlock my own heart, which is what I do every day, whether it's through emotional tools that my partner brings through beautifully. And I, we, you know, it's this incredible dance that we are here to do now. And I, I think this is a perfect segue to you <laughs> talking about heart, right? I know um, because, right. Cause it's like, okay. So the heart, the heart, the heart, the heart. I love the heart. I, I think when we first met, I was, I told you, like the heart is like my favorite thing ever because it is love. 
It's all about love. This whole inversion that we're seeing on this planet right now, it's about the fact that we've been mind controlled, right? We've been mind controlled by this unbelievably dark group of people, which is (laughs) ridiculous to me that this has even happened, but it has. And under the surface of it all is this rising tidal wave, tsunami wave of love. Yeah. Right. So this stuff is coming up and we're seeing it and it's ugly and it's disgusting and it's been here forever. And everyone's freaking out because they're like, oh my God, what's going to happen? The world's coming to an end. It's not. No, it's not. It's that love is actually rising again. You know, thank God. And in the process of love rising, it's mass destruction and war. I mean, it's intense. You know, it's like people are dying and suffering. And it's like, it's, it's a pretty frightening thing when you actually like, you look at the, the dark part of this, but, but, you know, I see that it's called, I, I use kind of divided attention when I'm looking at all this stuff. So love getting back to the heart. Okay. Love is really the way through it all. Mm-hmm. And so I am seeing, and I'll turn this over to you. I'm seeing in myself and I'm seeing in a lot of the people that I work with a lot of cardiac symptoms actually. And the reason for this is because I just mentioned that the the heart is 5,000 times the energy center of the heart. Okay. So this is like energy center number four. And this center lives in the middle of the chest. It's not that we're not talking about the anatomic heart, which is off to the left, but the actual Mm -hmm. energy center of the heart is what I'm talking about right now. It's the, it's the energy that actually feeds the anatomic heart. And this energy center in the middle of our chest, because love is now rising, is getting upgraded in these humongous ways. For me in 2020, I woke up in the middle of the night probably 10 times with what felt like a scalpel digging into the middle of my chest and causing pain that was radiating in every direction. I thought I was dying. Um, And the only way for me to alleviate this pain was to flop on the ground in a fetal position and ask for help and guidance. And it was really intense. I even went one time, it was so severe. I went to my um, primary care physician and I got an EKG and, you know, I'm a medical doctor. So I was able to say, you know, I don't have any, you know, my vital signs are stable and my blood pressure didn't elevate. And my, you know, I was able to like give her the sense of like, I, the only reason I felt like I was dying was because I was having the most unbelievable stabbing. I thought it was like an aortic dissection, which is actually not coincidentally how my mentor, Jim Jealous died. It was an oh, aortic dissection. And oh my dear. father died from a cardiac related um, like explosion as well. Big beings die of heart, but that's an aside. Right now we're all receiving these massive upgrades. So after I had the medical workup that told me that I was totally fine, I felt really comfortable resting with, oh, I'm getting heart upgrades. So, so I went you, Tell me what you think that is. When you say upgrade, what is that? Upgrade. An upgrade is, it's a light code activation of the DNA that makes up the human physiology. Okay. So um, anyone listening to this is likely and considers themselves to be an energetic sensitive. They're awake, most likely, maybe not, but you know, somebody who, who can feel a lot right? We feel a lot. Some of us just come here and and I, you know, I don't like labels at all. Um, but we have, we have to, you know, talk, we have to communicate with one another. And so I just generally talk about certain people on the planet coming in as more sensitive energetically than others and energetic sensitive. Okay. So translate that to an energetic sensitive basically has DNA that is able to feel energy. 
bodies that are able to feel energy, whether it's through our psychic gifts and abilities. You know, in my case, I feel energy. I, I hear it. I see it. Um, you know, that's where all the clairs come in. Clair audience, clair vis- visual, mm-hmm. clair sentient, um, clair cognizant. So um, somebody who has the ability to feel and sense energy, what's going on if you go all the way down to the body level? It means that their system, their light system, their energy system is a little bit more um, expanded. Okay. And the way that we evolve as a species is through our DNA activations. We have two strands that are actually that have been sequenced, but we actually have 12 strands. We have 12 strands of DNA. And anyone who's uh, who works in the world of human genetics will, if they're not open to the concept of quantum healing or higher guidance will say that we have a lot of quote unquote junk DNA. Okay. Not true. None of the DNA that we have in our body Mm -hmm. is junk. Some of the DNA codes are active and some of the DNA codes are not active. And the human evolution is the activation of more DNA codes through energy signals that come through us. Okay. Okay. So I want to just interject here for a second because I've not really considered myself one that has all those clairs. Um, (laughs) okay. And you don't have to be by the way, Claire. Yeah. yeah, It's just really interesting to me that here I am. I, 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 I consider myself somebody who's somewhat sensitive to energy. I can, I can go into a house and I can sense the energy there. I can, Mm -hmm. I can sense of something dark or bad has happened there. I, I, I have a sense whenever somebody's mood changes very quickly, things like that. Um, or like they, like the mood hasn't changed, but I can, I can tell the mood has changed like (laughs) without any outer, outer, um, showing of that. So I've, but I've never really considered myself one that's really highly energetically sensitive. Um, but maybe I am. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> maybe yeah. it's just going to take somebody to say that you are. Because So here's the thing, I'll, just to tell my audience, I, I did have a session with Jess and I, I went to Jess because I, I have had this sense of feeling my heart. And there'd be times where it, I would just kind of like, um, I, like I could feel it, like I don't normally feel it. And, and you know, it's so interesting, Jess, the first time that it has occurred to me is it isn't actually my physical heart. It is actually the center. It is actually the center. That's, that's, I feel it right now. I feel it right now. So I'm sitting here walking around thinking there's something wrong with me and what should I do? And, um, you know, there's all this talk about myocarditis and this and that. And I wasn't really afraid. I I mean, I I don't, I don't feel like I was afraid. It's possible I'm lying to myself. I didn't really feel that. I was just kind of like, what's going on, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, so we did have a session, which was just very interesting And then I kind of expected it all to kind of like go away and I'd be well. And, (laughs) and then like, even today before coming on to this podcast, I, I went through the recording again that, that she gave me. And, um, now I'm feeling my heart again and I'm feeling it. It's very, I feel it right now. And it's, it's not like it hurts. It's not like it's, you know, painful or anything, but I just feel it. And, and I, I, I'm thinking something else is going on other than, Oh my gosh, I've got a bad heart. It just feels energetically like something's going on, like I'm becoming more sensitive to something or something. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. But I thought I'd just share that with the audience. Um, I did go several, uh, uh, several days without feeling it. Like, it's not like it's always here with me, but 
um, it comes and goes and I'm trying to make sense out of it, but I'm actually maybe just trying to live with it and maybe deciding that it's informing me of something. Or like you say, maybe it's just being upgraded in some way, that energy center. Um, So anyway, I'll just put that out there. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that personal story with the audience, because I think it's really helpful to hear. That's why I shared a little bit about my own experience as well. Um, so here's, here's without going, and I, I realize we can get really complicated and really scientific when it comes to heart upgrades, but here's the bottom line. This is what I see, um, through my own experience, but also, you know, when I work with other people, so we're all sensitives. Some of us are a little bit more sensitive than others, right? We all come in with our own divine gifts. And so some people can feel energy. Some people can see energy. You can sense energy emotionally. That's what we call an empath. Okay. And we're more and more of us are actually starting to um, remember that we have these sensitivities. And actually, when we do our own healing, when we go into our bodies, when we clear out, um, and I won't go too deep into, you know, that whole thing, but, but as we recognize that there's um, a lot going on in the body and we start to clear it out um, through various tools that, um, that I think a lot of people are starting to recognize are needed, right? Self-healing is a, is a really important part of this particular place where we are in human evolution. Um, we, as we start to connect into ourselves more, we actually become more sensitive. And as we become more sensitive, we feel more. So what's going on is that right now we're in the middle of a process of Earth's ascension. We're calling it Earth's ascension. Mm -hmm. So ascension basically means that there's different frequencies of energy that are coming to Earth and then from Earth into us. So we are ascending with Earth. So there's different frequencies, meaning um, more expanded frequencies. There, the energy is moving faster, and there's also more of it. Okay, so that's ascension: more energy, faster energy, and expanded frequencies. So what's going on inside the human body, and I talk a lot about this in the teachings that I offer, is that the human body is also upgrading. Every single system in our body is upgrading to better accommodate for the changing energy that's coming to the earth, and then it's being fed. We're connected. We are children of this earth. We're made of earth. We're made of these energies. And so as the earth herself is changing, our bodies are changing in tandem. She's kind of going first, and then she's feeding us through a central energetic channel that is goes through our bodies. And it, the central energetic channel comes up through our root, our very first energy center at the base of the pelvis. And then it feeds into six internal energy centers along the spine. The fourth, the fourth one of that is the heart and it's the biggest one. So if you look at, and and so anyone out there who knows about the chakra system, that's not exactly what I'm talking about because chakras are a form of an energetic structure that we actually had that's, that's fading out. We are ascending beyond the chakra system into a fifth dimensional energetic system. And so our bodies are changing. And that process is, it's really incredible, actually. And a lot of people are having ascension symptoms right now that are as a result of their energetic system changing. Because if you think about it, okay, think about your heart. Your heart has this huge energetic um, center, right? Huge, massive. And so we are all upgrading. And if that is your number one, most powerful energetic center, then maybe it's possible that all you're doing is actually feeling the energy that's coming through you. Yeah. 
when the energy comes through that heart center, it feeds the neurologic supply to your lungs, to your anatomic heart, and also to your thymus gland, which is amazing because that's the, that's like the fountain of youth gland of your body. Oh, I'll, I'll take that. Right? <laughs> And so, so I, um, I wouldn't know this as much as I, I, I've really looked at this carefully because of my own experience, because I was like, am I dying right now? And so I asked a lot, I, I hear a lot, I get, I get a lot of guidance. Um, and so, you know, sitting in quiet meditation, I ask a lot of questions. And so I would ask, what is this? What is going on here? Am, am I in danger? And I kept, I kept getting, no, you're not in danger. This is, you're okay. And what was actually happening, and this sounds kind of crazy, but it was almost like I was having this like implanted um, expansion. Like it almost felt like, for me, it felt like a, a, a blade, like a sharp stabbing knife and my heart was getting bigger. And that's exactly what's going on. Our systems are getting bigger. And if love is the the one frequency, our innate resting vibration that, that heals everything, right? We know this through Jesus. If love is that one energy that is the ultimate solvent, is the greatest lover, the healer of us all, then it makes sense that you are going to feel the one center through which more energy is pulsing than any other center in your whole body. So it's so helpful to have a sense of this. Now, obviously do your own research. And if anyone out there is listening to this and you're like, oh my God, am I having an upgrade or am I having a cardiac symptom? always get checked out first. You know, that's what I did. Like always go and just make sure that your vital signs are stable and that your blood pressure, right. Right. Make sure that you're not missing something that could be treated because we still have physical bodies and these physical bodies of ours are, are real. They're real. Right. Even though I, I believe they're made of energy a hundred percent. So the cardiac, the underlying center, that heart center is, is more sensitive than many. Interesting. So, I, yeah, I, I have I have a, um, a a healthy skeptic question for you. Yeah, go for it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's like how do we know it isn't like EMF? It isn't like um, electromagnetic stuff going on with all the five G stuff or whatever, whatever. Something that something is outer that is not impacting our body. How do we know that? Well, because then it's it's you have to ask the question of start being your own researcher, right? Because EMFs make us really sick. And the truth is, you know, that's noise pollution. That's vibrational pollution, right? That's that's like we're getting, literally, we're getting irradiated by these EMFs and by 5G. Um, and so what that happens, when, when we get, you know, you can look at this as far as um, any environmental toxin that we have is systemic. Okay. It's systemic. And it also has this sense with it of darkness. Like, oh, this isn't good. Like there's dis-ease in my body right now. Okay. And this is a great question, Carol, because when you start to tune into it, right? As I did, you did the same thing. Is, is this bad, right? Should I be afraid of this? And your intuition, heart, by the way, is what brings us intuition. So when I was asking the question, am I dying? And it really did feel at times. I mean, I was in like 10 out of 10 pain at times. So I was like, oh God, what is happening here? Um, Ask the question. Your body knows, right? So yeah. EMFs, not good. We all have a sense. Like if we're eating something that we're allergic to, there's nothing subtle about that, right? Yeah. If you're having like an anaphylactic reaction or you're having a reaction to something, or if there's something that's like affecting your body and it's really harmful, intuitively your body will say, five alarm fire, there's an issue here, right? Danger, right. go get checked out. So that's where the wisdom of the body is actually really important. And our body knows. Our body is wiser than our brain. Right. So we need to talk to our body. We need talk to talk to the body yeah, and ask the learn question, how to do that. Am I yeah. in danger? Is this an EMF? 
yeah. you'll hear the answer. Right? Interesting. Interesting. I have also have a question for you. So when you are, are seeing inside someone's body, yeah. are you able to see pathogens or um, pathological problems? Do you see cancer or something like that if it's there? I see. So um, the specificity, so we have to think that this is energy that I'm seeing. Okay. What I see is, and, and a body that is in a state of flow or health or wholeness doesn't show me anatomy. It doesn't show me a liver. It doesn't okay. show me a, a tumor or a mass, but anywhere inside of the body. And I know the body very well because I've studied it for, you know, almost three decades now. Is that right? 21 years. I started medical school in 2001. So I, and I, so, so the, the, the benefit of, of being, um, of working in the way that I do right now is that when I close my eyes and I synchronize with you, I actually see an energetic depiction of your body from the inside out. Now it shouldn't show me anything because if energy is moving and flowing through you, I actually won't see it as I'll see, I can kind of see the individual energy centers and, um, and by see it's more feel, I use my hands. So I, you know, it's, it's almost like asking a blind, somebody who is, you know, vision impaired, um, to describe something right there, mm-hmm. there, it's like mm-hmm. that the senses that they have are so enhanced without actually having that visual cue. So when I'm talking about seeing, it's that this, this is a, a an extra sense that I have to visualize and feel and connect with the energy inside of the body. Um, I don't see a specific, like someone would said to me once, like, you know, I have Lyme disease. Can you see the spirochetes? And I can't see the spirochetes, but what I can see is where it's creating a separation, a compartmentalization of the energetic system. And I can get really specific into where in the body it's located because I'll see the outline of that anatomical structure. Okay. So so dense energy, energy that's not moving very well in the body creates dis-ease. And, and so in a way, I almost feel like it's better that I don't because when we look at something, when we stare at something in osteopathy, we call it a lesion. If you stare at the lesion, you anchor it in place. That which we don't want, right? Anything we resist in the body, for example, if we feel something and we're like, oh, I'm not going to go there, you anchor it in place. So I see it. I see the location. I see the generalized makeup of it. It looks like a dense, gooey boulder. I can describe it. Like it feels tarry. It feels molassesy. It feels if there's tentacles to it. Like I can really get a sense of the qualities of it without the specific, um, you know, biopsy report, for example. What is that illness? What yeah. is that? Perfect. Okay. Perfect. So I was just about to answer that. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Any energy that's in our body that's not moving, that's in a form of or, or energy doesn't completely stop. It's not like we have these like cement, you know, brick bricks in our bodies. But um a a body that's healthy. Okay, so go back to um, you know, any any one of you who has children or grandchildren, or has just had the benefit of holding a a healthy newborn baby. When you look into, when you feel this baby, when you hold this baby, when you connect to this baby, what you're feeling is fluid, love. Okay. 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 Mm -hmm. You're feeling this being that has no Mm -hmm. density provided this is a healthy baby, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously Mm -hmm. we know that a lot of babies are born and they're not in that position, Mm -hmm. but, but if you're, if you've had the benefit of that, having had that experience, what you're feeling is yourself. Actually, we fall in love with that being because that's us. 
we are always that untainted being. Okay. Yeah. Now what happens when we come onto this planet? It's hard here, right? It's very, very hard. And the moment that we start to develop, we start to take in a lot of experiences, right? We're just taking in one experience after another experience after another experience, and we're living in an energetic world. Every event is an energetic broadcast. Some of those events come in too fast. Something traumatic comes in too fast, okay? If we get screamed at, our whole system freezes, and we take in the energy of that experience as trauma, and we can move some of that energy through, but we feel really unsafe in that moment. We feel really unloved in that moment. We feel really alone in that moment. And those feelings get compartmentalized because at that stage of our lives, we don't have the tools to alchemize them, to love, to be with ourselves, to hold ourselves. If we are unloved in that moment, then that energy comes in and our body wants to maintain that innate resting state of love that we came in as. And so it compartmentalizes down anything that doesn't match that frequency and puts it into storage form and then pushes it off into the body somewhere. And is that what density means yes. then? Okay. All density in the body is an unfelt feeling from your past. Okay. That's, okay. Now right. you can come in with stuff, but that mean, but that stuff that you come in with, meaning a past life, that yeah. stuff that you come in with is also an unfelt feeling from your past. Yeah. Right. Or ancestral. We have a lot of ancestral wounding, right? What is that all about? Unfelt feelings from their past. So Really, the emo this is an emotional planet. We live on an emotional planet. We all came here to be able to feel emotions because when we're not in a physical body, if we're just a soul without a body, we don't, you know, we just hold the resting vibration of love. We are just spirit, divine, right? In our human form, we have this amazing range of human emotions that we get to feel, but we don't really know how to feel our feelings on this planet. Right. So many of us bottle up the stuff that we don't want to feel, and then we go after the stuff that we do want to feel. So we crave things so that we can get more of the good feelings and then we resist the bad feelings. And so we bottle those up and then we get all messed up. That causes energetic compartmentalization, density way down in the subconscious of the body. The body knows that that's quiet. And so the wisdom of the body is, okay, let me, let me get your attention here. Cause there's stuff down there. We need you to pay attention to. There's some unfelt feelings down here from long ago. It's not supposed to stay down there in storage form. It's actually supposed to flow again. Our system is actually supposed to flow. But your method doesn't require the person to go and feel all those feelings and yeah. go back. Uh, my method personally creates a framework and opens the body back up again so that when you start to employ emotional tools. So a lot of what um, my partner, Claire Garner, and I are building something called Centers for Energetic Healing. She's an intuitive emotional healer. The emotional work is a really big part of this. The energetic work is the framework that creates, think of um, a highway that opens the doorway so that when you start to feel that stuff again, because you do kind of have to go back and feel it again. I mean, it's, a, it's an important part of the process. The first step in all of this is really remembering that we're sovereign, remembering that we're energetic, remembering that we have these densities inside of our bodies. When you leave that down there for too long, it does materialize. It comes up to the surface and creates physical disease. That's what disease is. All human disease and pain, all of it, a hundred percent of it comes from unfelt feelings from the past. All okay. So you don't, you don't describe any disease to um, poisons or food, bad food or anything like that, eating poorly. Well, so we have to think about the fact that yes, but we are creating our, our experiences, right? We're creating. So, so like when we, when we break a bone, I mean, that's a trauma. That's right. not an emotional trauma. 
right? Right. But it actually is because we create the events that we find ourselves in okay. in order to create the wounding so that we will ultimately go back and you know receive the wisdom that that comes with. So, so maybe choosing to eat certain things that are not aligned with the health of our body and that's yeah. part of what we're creating so that we can do our own healing. Yes. You see it with animals all the time, right? Who go right. outside and grass and then they right. throw up and you're like, why are you going outside and eating grass and throwing up? You know, you're going to get sick when you do that, but they're doing it intentionally. They're like, no, I'm actually clearing my I'm system. Doing I'm purge. literally purging my system right now. It's perfect. Don't are, bother just, me. Things way more complicated than they have to be. Yeah. And that, what you just asked is an amazing question because energy always fractures first. Okay. Okay. The energetic system is where the disease begins. That's why I treat I help people, I should say, I help people down at the energetic level. And then we kind of together move up to the physical body level. The, the whole medical system is an inversion, right? They're treating the symptoms from the outside in. Where's the issue? It's on the energetic level that has come up to the surface. Right. And so we're actually completely upside down. You know, now I just want to say this modern medicine is amazing. Amazing. What we can do. When it comes to a life-saving measure, right, we have to um, give credit where credit is due because I, I you know, I, I just feel like I can get so excited about the energies here and I just want to make sure that I'm I'm not like confusing anyone. If you have a, a life-threatening emergency or if you've had an orthopedic trauma, I mean, I have had a lot of orthopedic traumas. I've needed orthopedic surgery. Um, you know, I've needed to use these things and oh my God, am I grateful, right? When my foot was falling off because I had a mountain biking accident, I mean, like, thank right. God I all of those things, <laughs> medicines, and I had the surgery and I had the crutches and I had the, I mean, so it's, we're in a world right now where we do need both and we need both equally. And I think that's the problem yeah. It's that we put all of our emphasis on modern medicine and we've just all, not all of us, but so many, the modern medical, you know, the, the purists within Western it's been suppressed. Yeah. It's been been suppressed. suppressed. Yeah. It's coming back. Yeah. There's, there's not just one tool to handle the body. So sometimes you go the traditional medical way. Sometimes you go the energetic way. Um, Ideally it's both. Right. Okay. You know, ideally it's both. And, and so, and I, I say that to people all the time because they're like, you know, you're a doctor and you're an energy healer. Can't you just treat me energetically? And I'm like, sure. But also you need to go to your doctor and make sure that you're, you know, you're physical because we still have a physical body at this stage of our human evolution, right? We still have diseases. We still ingest poisons. We still have heart attacks. We still, you know, I believe at some point in our, you know, maybe a hundred years down the road, we won't, we won't need modern medicine the way that we need it right now for this moment in time, we definitely need both, but, but there's a real, okay. I'll give you a really quick example. I was treating, um, I was working with a, with a friend of mine, a, a client, and he had open heart surgery and um, he was in the cardiac intensive care unit and he had just had a valve replaced or repaired actually. Um, and the rhythm of his heart readjusted and he wasn't sleeping. He wasn't sleeping and he wasn't eating and he was having a really hard time. And he had this sense of like impending doom. And so um, thankfully he, he and I worked together quite a bit. And so he said, you know, can you come into the hospital, zoom into the hospital? And I did. So, you know, we had a zoom session and I, I went in and I got into his fourth energy center. And then I, from the fourth energy center, I could see that um, the sympathetic nervous system that fed the cardiac plexus of nerves that feeds the heart was um, freaking out. It was really, 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 really activated because they had stopped his heart during the surgery. So his heart was in trauma. It was having a true trauma response. And so the sympathetic parasympathetic inputs to the heart were completely out of balance. And I could actually see that. 
And so when I went in, I basically opened back up. So they, they patched him back up. They put his heart together. They got the blood going in his body again. And according to all of their vitals and their statistics and their lab work, everything looked great. Meanwhile, he wasn't eating. He wasn't sleeping. He was having this sense of impending doom and he had incredible intractable pain. And so after the session, he fell asleep for the first time in like three days, which is really important after you have major surgery. And when he woke up, he was ravenously hungry. And so he ate like everything on his plate and it was amazing. He had like this incredible turnaround because, you know, the surgery was restorative to the structure of the heart, but it actually impeded the flow of energy because they stopped his heart. Right? Okay. So they impeded the flow of energy to the nervous system. And so everything at their level, the 3d level looked great, but on the energetic level, he had nothing going through or just enough. It was creating this huge stress and trauma on his body. And so because we were able to get in and do the energetic treatment right after the actual anatomic treatment, he was discharged the next day. Interesting. So that's a good example of how both modern medicine work together. Yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, Jess, we're coming up on time and I just want to give you <laughs> the last word to say whatever you want to say. I, I think the thing that, that, uh, that I would take away from this is so much to take away, but the idea that we, we can heal our own bodies. I think I think that is just you talk about the inversion and up, upside down thinking yeah. that that's so big that that's so big to think that we have the capacity to heal our own body and you know I'm a I'm a unity minister and unity is founded by uh, Myrtle and Charles Fillmore Myrtle Fillmore healed herself of tuberculosis by she she prayed for 2 years I mean, it took her 2 years but she prayed she said she sat in a rocking chair, and she had an uh, empty rocking chair next to her, which she said Jesus was in. And she just was in meditation and prayer for talking to her body, loving her cells, healing her cells. And she healed herself of tuberculosis, which she had had a, a six-month sentence, basically. So we, wow. know that, we know that that's possible. Yeah. Um, but most people don't want to sit around for two years and pray. <laughs> so that's when they go to the doctor. But it right. sounds like this is, this is something else. What you're talking about is something yeah. else. It's in between sitting and praying for two years and checking out of life and, and going and just getting completely, you know, get, getting medicated. That, that we actually can energetically go into our bodies and heal ourselves. Yes. Yes. And, and I want to, um, yes. One of the things that I love to share is that it takes work. So I treat myself every day, twice a day. I did a practice right before we got on screen actually, because I know how important it is to reconnect my body to the source of energy that it's made of earth. Right. So, so we, when we take time every day, this is, this is the lasting, this is the message I want to impress. The framework that um, I've been gifted with is very specific. And so the specificity matters. I feel that prayer is real. I feel that the divine is with us. We are guided in every single way. We always have been. There's, um, and we have free will. So when we call in guidance, we are literally calling in guidance, right? We get to choose the guidance that we receive. What this is for me is a much more specific, and now I'm, it's, there's also div a divine timing component to this. So um, when I shared that I, I was able to move the pain that I had been experiencing in my back, you know, from the time I was a child, um, that took me a few months 
of, you know, and I didn't even notice that it was gone until I was back squatting at CrossFit one day and uh, which I love to do. Um, and I just noticed the pain wasn't there anymore. So it was just this kind of gradual fading away of something that I just had become very closely connected with. Um, but the day that I started to connect with this system of getting into my body and my system is just one way. And I always tell people, please make this your own, right? Like my, my job is just to teach you who you really are and just like, you know, put on your energetic goggles and let's go in together. That's basically what we do, right? We go in together and I offer you a framework so that you can start to become really curious. You are your greatest healer. And the work is daily. So you don't brush your teeth once and you're done, right? You brush your teeth every day. There's main, our bodies, we have bodies that require daily attention. Mm -hmm. But this, this one thing I will say for me has been the most transformative um, addition that I've added to my life. And that started for me back in 2020. And it's not to say that I don't have pain. I have pain. It comes and it goes, but it doesn't stay. When we get into our body and we start to move the energy through the way that it was intended, we just have an experience, right? Then, oh, there's shoulder pain. Oh, wow. I wonder when that shoulder pain is going to go away. I don't know. Oh, wait, hold on. Wait a minute. That shoulder pain's not there anymore. When we start to get really curious, right? Then we have, we just continue to have, it's like we're having this experience with this body of ours. And our job is to care for it internally. So every one of us knows that we need to eat well. We not we need to not, you know, drink excessively and take excessive amounts of recreational drugs or otherwise. You know, we know that we're not supposed to smoke things that will damage our lungs. We know we're supposed to move and get sunlight and and have loving relationships and drink lots of water. We all know this now. But what's not taught is what are you doing to take care of your body from the inside out? Mm -hmm. Right? We're taking care of ourselves better, I think, mm -hmm. than some of us anyway, from the outside in. So when you can match those two together, and I just want to say one more thing about the emotional work. That's really huge. The emotional work is really huge because what I was doing was I was clearing my body every day energetically. I was getting in and I was doing all of this amazing work and I feel the energy and I move the energy through my body. But it's really that which congests us is, is our wounding from the past. Mm -hmm. And there's so many ways that we can talk about emotional healing, but that's a big part of this too. So that's just kind of like a, you know, we didn't really get as much into that because that's not my work. I, I employ it, but I don't, I don't teach it okay. as much. So that's the take home is that, you know, for you in particular, you know, cause you were talking about your heart and how it didn't go away right away, but you did notice some great shifts. When we get curious every day and we go in with that wonder of a child, oh, what is it that my heart is telling me now? What were the what were the circumstances that created the sensation of your heart? Know that you've been programmed to think that there's something dangerous about sensation, right? Right, right. There's That's nothing true. dangerous about sensation unless there's that sense of impending doom. There's a difference. If you have pain in your ankle, but you're able to walk, that's very different than spraining your ankle and trying to walk on an ankle that's actually wounded, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like, we know if you really have just hurt yourself, you're not supposed to walk on your ankle. Like you can't. Right. right. Versus, oh, I have this kink in my ankle. That feels weird. Let me walk it through because it's energy. So that's the difference here, right? Sure. So when we can get curious about our bodies from a place of being open and having discernment, if you're in danger, your body is going to tell you, go to the doctor. If you're just stiff and stagnant and dense and flat and you haven't moved your body, you know, get in there. Yeah. Get out, move that energy through. 
have fun with it. I think um, something that I used to be was, and I still am at times, is really serious. And the more that I engage with my own work, the more that I'm, you know, seeing the intensity on this planet, the more I am really, um, I'll just leave this as a lasting thing, have fun, right? Have fun with this body of ours and, and recognize that we've been programmed to be afraid of it and recognize that we've been programmed by our medical system and by, you know, the powers that be to give our power away. And to have to go to a doctor to tell us what our body is telling us, right? That is not okay. That right. model doesn't work. It's incomplete. And so the more that we can do our own internal, um, it's like we're own scientists in there, only we're spiritualists, right? You know, go in there, get, connect in there, get curious about it. If you don't know, then, you know, that's what my platforms are for. I have a really cool platform called Self-Healing Immersion, where my partner and I both come on. We do tons of live events. I treat groups twice a month in that platform. And we just do a lot there to teach. The whole point of this is to teach you what I'm talking about and to yeah, show and you. I'll have, I'll have your links and everything on the podcast yeah. page. And I appreciate you coming on and 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 telling everybody what what you do and 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 who we are. I think that's the who we are and who our body and what our who bodies are. are. Yeah, and remembering that I think another takeaway is, you know, this is a time of really resonating in our energy of love and however yeah. we can do that with our bodies and with our hearts and help this planet and the whole world transform. That's what we're here for. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, I I'm going to have to close just because, you know, we only go a certain <laughs> Time. But maybe I'll have you on again. I oh, appreciate I it so much, that. Jess. Yeah. That. Oh, what a great, great conversation. Thank you for all your questions. I loved every one of them. Oh, I've got a thousand more, but we didn't have time. <laughs> Next time. Let's Next do it time. Again. All right. Thank you. And I now close the spiritual forum. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, you can let me know by leaving a positive rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Or make a tax-deductible donation at thespiritualforum.org. The Spiritual Forum is a podcast, prayer, and retreat ministry affiliated with Unity Worldwide Ministries. Thank you again for being a part of the Spiritual Forum community. And remember, you are an amazing, divine, and powerful being.